Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. Good morning. Welcome in on this Thursday. Kind of chilly Thursday for the middle of April here in Mississippi anyway. This is Mike in the Morning. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. And today I'm going to save the uh, final thoughts on the baseball series for tomorrow. So obviously big series coming up. Uh, I will do my final bit of previewing tomorrow, and so you guys can laugh at me tomorrow night after the game ends, and I got it totally wrong. But for now, it is great to be with you, and today I'm going to talk some football. So ESPN released their FPI, the Football Power Index, this week, and it's really a mathematical formula. Uh, There is no human element into it, as I understand it, whatsoever. It's all math, basically. And they released their FPI, and of course they made some waves because they had Mississippi State number eight and Iowa State number four ahead of Ohio State and Georgia. So, I mean, forget Mississippi State for a second. If you have Iowa State ahead of Ohio State and Georgia, you you may want to like get back into the computers, rework the math, punch the numbers differently, or something like that. But I had this idea. So they, uh, along with the FPI, they do record projections, win-loss record projections, and stuff like that. And so what I decided was I was going to look at this, and what if they're right, basically, is the question I'm going to ask. What if they are right? The record projections uh, in the SEC, what if the FPI gets it right? What does it mean for Ole Miss and Mississippi State if they do exactly what ESPN thinks they are going to do. So that's what I'm going to talk about with you today. First, real quick, uh, if you're watching on stream, this does get uploaded in podcast form. Uh, Mike in the morning in iTunes, Michael Borky will also turn up results in Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast or like it on Spotify. Leave a rating and a review. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Michael Borky or YouTube. Also, just search my name, hit that subscribe button, and you can find this and hopefully down the road some other stuff there as well. So thank you for tuning in. And we will start with Alabama. So I'm going to save Ole Miss and Mississippi State for the end. Little tease, keep you hanging on longer. I'm going to save Ole Miss and Mississippi State's record projection for the end and uh, reaction to that. I'm going to run through the rest of the SEC rather quickly, though. Not going to spend too much time on each one. Alabama is the number one team in the FPI. Their record projection is, uh, I'm just going to round, so it's 11-2. and two is Alabama's record projection. It's 11.1 and 1.6. Actually, it's probably more likely that they are uh, 11 and 1, at least according to this formula. They say they have a 75% chance of making the playoff, a 50-50 shot at winning the conference. I think that might be low. And a 31% chance of winning the national championship. That is the highest uh, among everybody currently. So if they get this right, I mean, please just leave. Please just leave, Nick Saban. Retire. There's nothing more you can accomplish by being a head coach in the SEC. You have done it all. 
you have proven if there is any doubter, you're never going to change their mind. I truly do believe that, number one, I respect Nick Saban so much for what he's done and what his program is. Um, it could be very easy to get complacent, um, but he's the exact opposite of that. I mean, he has built an absolute machine, and it's not just because they're dishing out Dodge Chargers, okay? He has built a machine. I respect him so much. I think once he leaves, you will see at least a form of increased parity in the SEC. So I am very much looking forward to that day because I think with the machine he's built right now, there are Alabama not winning the SEC West is more of an outlier than something that can happen on a regular basis. 2019 LSU was a perfect storm, for example. Um, and then look at what happened the very next season. So um, I just I need Nick Saban to leave, and all of us need Nick Saban to leave just to give everybody else a shot. Um, I would take that under, though. I'm not a big believer in Bryce Young. I mean, he's going to have to prove it before I start crowning him Heisman Trophy winner and stuff like that, like some people are. I mean, 24-7 has him as a top-five quarterback or whatever in college football. It's like he played very little, and when he did, it didn't look like that at all. So he's going to have to prove it. I'm not a big believer I would actually go under. Texas A&M, they have second in the SEC. Uh, 9-3 and three is the projected win total for uh, Jimbo Fisher's life after Kellen Mond. And I actually, I buy that. I really do buy that. I, I think that, one, Jimbo Fisher's a really good coach, okay? He did win a national championship at Florida State. He was remarkably consistent at Florida State until the end. And you have to wonder, I mean, he did leave Willie Taggart, kind of a dumpster fire. He got out of there at the perfect time, but they're recruiting at a high level. I think he is a good football coach. If Texas A&M went 9-3, and three, uh, with this schedule, um, Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State, they do have to play Alabama. They get Missouri and South Carolina from the east. They host Auburn to go to Ole Miss, Prairie View, A&M, and at LSU. That is a, ga- or a schedule that uh, nine games is completely uh, not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, that should be the expectation there, if not better. It's a very easy schedule for Texas A&M, so I completely buy ESPN's projection at 9-3. and three. They have Georgia also at 9.5 and 3.2, so we'll call it 9-3. and three. Right, We probably should call it 10-3, and three, but whatever. 9.5 uh, and 3.2 is their projected win total. Um, Georgia opens the season with Clemson, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, they are playing Clemson to start this season. Uh, what an incredible game that's going to be. You know, as long as the atmosphere, atmosphere is going to be full and stuff like that. But um, if Georgia goes 9-3, and three, so that's the theme of the day, right, is what happens if ESPN is correct, if they get it right. Um, we should just start calling him Kirby Richt. I mean, I, I you guys have heard me before. I, I have not believed in Kirby Smart. I think that while he is a good recruiter and has done a – Good job at Georgia. Uh, there is something missing. There has been something missing. I, I do not believe, other than recruiting profile, the program's really been elevated at all. They're still a step behind Alabama. Um, if they roll out another nine and three or even ten and two with this schedule, I know they play Clemson. Um, they have Clemson. They have uh, a tough road game at Vanderbilt. You know, a really tough road road game at Georgia Tech. Uh, Charleston Southern, you know, that's a, that's a tough one. 
Um, out of the West, they do have to go to Auburn, and they host Arkansas. That's a pretty good draw for them, all things considered. I mean, if they roll out a 9-3 and three or, or whatever with this schedule, he's Mark Rick 2.0. And no matter how many books can be written about him, uh, where he's returning Georgia to glory. I'm not kidding. Somebody wrote a book last year about Kirby Smart returning Georgia to glory when they haven't really – I mean, they haven't won anything yet, not any more than Mark Richt has. I mean, that line of thinking I thought was always bizarre. Georgia should be much better than they are. Um, there's something missing there. And if they roll out another 9-3, and three, if ESPN's correct and they only win nine games this year, uh, something's wrong. And – they won't admit it, and people would probably call this hot takey, but Kirby Richt, that's all it would be. Florida is next in the SEC, and ESPN has them projected at 8-4, eight 8.2 and, and 3.9. Florida 8-4, and four, and uh, Dan Mullen's seat gets hot if they go 8-4 and four this year. You can't do that at Florida. I mean, that's the thing. That was the risk they took when they hired him is very, very, very good football coach. Offensive genius in some cases. Keeping a roster together has been tough for him. Keeping a recruiting class together has been tough for him. If you just look at the raw numbers, he's recruited well, but there's been a lot of attrition in those recruiting classes. They expect championships there. There is no excuse not to be competing for championships there. And if Dan Mullen, a year after, he lost a shot at making the playoff because a player threw a shoe in a loss to a bad LSU team on the road and then losing in the SEC championship, if he rolls out an 8-4, and even though Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are gone, that's unacceptable there. That seat gets hot. That seat gets hot. Next up, after Mississippi State, like I said, I'm saving them for the end, is... Auburn. Uh, Auburn is projected, according to the ESPN FBI, going 7-5, and five, which is absolutely something that Gus could have done. <laughs> I mean, why are you firing Gus for if you're going to get 7-5 and five out of the next guy? Um, I'm kidding. There's a bit of an uphill climb uh, with Brian Harson. I have, and I know you're going to see some publications that will rank Auburn. Watch. Auburn somewhere is going to be ranked in the preseason top 25. Somewhere it's going to happen. Watch. Um, as long as Bo Nix is their quarterback, they're going to be limited. Uh, I think it's going to take a couple of years for them to be really competitive if they can even get there, but I don't believe they are prepared today to be like a 10-win Sugar Bowl caliber competing with the best in the SEC type team. I think there's going to be a transition growing pain, and uh, I'd buy uh, I'd completely buy seven and five uh, for Auburn this year. Uh, looking at their schedule, I mean, they get off to a great start with Akron and Alabama State, but they go to Penn State. They have to go to LSU and Arkansas. Uh, they got Georgia, like I said, out of the East. Um, where's their other East opponent? South Carolina. So that's a break. They they um, are. Um, Sorry, I'm Richard's trying to FaceTime me, and, and he knows I do this every morning. Let's talk to him. Hey, Richard. Are you doing a live stream? Yeah, you want to you want to be a part of it? Say hey, everybody. Morning, uh, Mike. Mike <laughs> um, yeah, 
So uh, you got any thoughts on uh, Auburn's over-under win total at 7-5 and five and what the thoughts on Brian Harson would be? Here, I'll put you this way. If, uh, it's very on brand, isn't it? Right yeah. for Auburn to be 7-5. Yeah. That's what Haydad would say. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair, though, as far as an expectation. I mean, uh, with Bo Nick still being their quarterback and stuff. But anyway, um I'll be done here in like 15 minutes. Just wanted you to be a part this morning and say, hey, say, hey, everybody. Teaches him that is, uh, allows him to take the next step forward. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Step forward. Yeah. So, well, all right. thanks for, thanks for joining. You're the first guest. Yeah. We, uh, we do a, a call every morning to plan the radio show, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an easy expectation right now that I don't think Auburn's prepared to compete nationally right away. That's just me. Uh, LSU. So here's an interesting one. LSU, according to ESPN's FBI, also seven and five. Now, does Ed Orgeron survive that? That's my question. If ESPN is correct, does Ed Orgeron survive seven and five? See, I don't think so, because it's not just the fact that 7-5 and five is not acceptable at LSU a year after they went 5-5. Five and five. It's completely unacceptable there. That there's, It's inexcusable at a place like that. But when you compound 10 losses over the last two seasons with NCAA trouble, because they did have a bowl ban last year, and then off-the-field scandal, I don't think you survived that. I mean, I know, you know, he grew up on the bayou running blue crab boats and has the accent and everybody just loves old teddy bear Ed. But uh, he is, if if this happens and they do go seven and five, so they're not winning anymore and he's got an NCAA scandal and an off the field scandal he's dealing with currently. I mean, he's potentially being subpoenaed to testify in front of the state legislature. If they're smart, they cut bait and be done with it if he goes 7-5 and five this year. Which, if I were a fan of an SEC school, I would hope they don't do that. I think LSU could do much better than what they've currently got, which is crazy to say because he was the coach of a team that went 15-0 and and won a national championship. However, I don't think that's survivable if they get it correct. Arkansas, they have 6-6. Six and six. Uh, That would be a great year. Uh, for Sam Pittman in year two. I know he was the darling of the early season last year, but when it came down to it, it was obvious uh, that Arkansas, uh, just from an a- from athletes, they, they don't have the athletes. They are not prepared to compete yet in the SEC, in my opinion, uh, even this year. And they recruited pretty well. But looking at their schedule right now, uh, I mean, they have Texas, my gosh, in week two. Um they have to go to Georgia in the East. That's not fun. Uh, they do host Missouri, which is a little bit of a break, but they've got road games at LSU, at Alabama, at Georgia, at Ole Miss. They have to host Texas, and uh, they've got Texas A&M also on the schedule, who I expect to be pretty good. Um, if they do happen to go 6-6 six and six with this schedule, I think that's an accomplishment for Sam Pittman because I do not believe at all uh, they are prepared to compete at any level beyond that. So that would be a good year. Uh, Missouri, they have it seven and five. Uh, Barry Odom could have done that, but uh, he wasn't selling tickets anymore. Um, Eli Drinkwitz did a really good job last year. 
it, it got overlooked that Missouri dealt with some serious COVID issues. I mean, 20-plus guys out for multiple games. Against Mississippi State, Missouri w- was playing a backup quarterback at safety because they had nobody else. I, I mean, uh, it was a tough job for him last year. I think he did a good job. Uh, seven and five is nothing to write home about, and uh, maybe he'll keep tweeting at Lane Kiffin and, and getting stuffed in lockers all the time. I don't know why he keeps doing that, because every time uh, Kiffin just stuffs him in the virtual locker. But uh, anyway, Kentucky, they have it seven and five, just stability. I mean, I know it's not remarkable, um, nothing to get super jazzed up about, but I mean, and that's Stoops is Kentucky. Very stable, solid, respectable program. I think they can win seven games. Uh, their road games are at South Carolina, at Georgia, at Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt. They can navigate that. Louisville is a winnable non-conference game at the end of the year. I mean, that's just Stoops. That's Stoops, Kentucky. I buy that 7-5, and five, uh, and if that does actually happen, if ESPN is right, that's just stable. Stoops in Kentucky, that's just what he does. Tennessee, they have Tennessee at uh, 7-5 and five also, and I'll believe that when I see it. I think it's a dumpster fire. I think Josh Heupel has a lot of work ahead of him. There's roster issues. There's talent issues. There's culture issues. He's got a lot of problems there. Um, even with this schedule, which isn't all that easy. I mean, they host Pittsburgh in week two. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost that game, but at least it's not anything crazy. So they start with Bowling Green, Pittsburgh, Tennessee Tech all at home, but they have road games at Florida, at Missouri, at Alabama, at Kentucky. Uh, they obviously will have to host Georgia. Um, yeah, I'll believe seven and five when I see it. I think they've got real problems there. South Carolina, they're projected at four and eight. I think South Carolina has the worst roster currently in the Southeastern Conference. I'm not kidding. I think they are in that bad of shape. I think Clark Lee at Vanderbilt took over a better situation. I'm I'm serious. I believe this that Clark Lee took over a better situation at Vanderbilt. Than Beamer did at South Carolina. Uh, roster depletion there, not a whole lot coming back. In fact, they're one of the worst teams in college football in returning production. They're in the 120s in returning production, so they get nobody back. They didn't recruit well. They had a recruiting class that was in the 80s. Uh, they, they don't really have a quarterback. Aside from a really talented running back, it is a team that is not prepared to compete with anybody except for the bottom of the SEC. I think it's the worst roster in the league. I think Vanderbilt might have a better season than South Carolina. And if he happens to find a way to win four games, uh, they've got Eastern Illinois. So they should win that game. They go to East Carolina, which I'm telling you is not going to be easy. They host Troy. And I mean, they have, they have to play Clemson. Good luck. Uh, They have to go to Georgia. They have to go to Tennessee. They have to go to Texas A&M. They drew Auburn from the West. Obviously drew Texas A&M from the West. If Shane Beamer can find a way to win four games uh, with this schedule and this roster, which is talent depleted, numbers depleted, uh, they didn't recruit well, so even the incoming young guys are not really worth anything. Um, They need to build a statue for the guy. But those people need to have great patience with Shane Beamer because his situation is brutal. Vandy, they also have Vanderbilt at 4-8. and eight. I think that would be a, a very nice year one, an accomplishment for Clark Lee for sure. So that's the rest of the SEC. Uh, and now, here we go, 
Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I'll start with Ole Miss. The ESPN FPI projects Ole Miss to go 7-5 and five this year, says they have an 83% chance to go to a bowl game. And everything else, it's like win division. They have a 2% chance, win conference 1%, you know. Um, if they go 7-5, and five, um, I think most – the, the vast majority of fans would be incredibly disappointed with seven and five because for, for a while, well, for a couple of reasons, even without Elijah Moore, Ole Miss should have one of the best, if not the best offense in the SEC. They return most every four guys on the offensive line. Um, obviously they have Matt Corral back. They might have the best running back room in the SEC with Ely and Connor and Parrish. I, I mean, I'm sure Alabama's got great ones. I, I Just Najee Harris is gone. Ole Miss brings everybody back. Highly productive running backs. There's talent at the receiver group. Ole Miss's offense should be among the best in the SEC and the country, even without Elijah Moore. So with that being a reasonable projection, because it is. I mean, if you don't think Ole Miss is going to be good this year on offense, you're just being a hater for the sake of it. There's no reason they should not be an elite level offense. If they go seven and five, it means they still stunk on the other side of the ball. And all, I mean, all offseason, we're going to hear about improvement and uh, better players and they get the scheme down and, and spring practice. That's the stuff coming out of spring practice is, yeah, the defense is getting better. There's a new swagger, stuff like that. If they only win seven games this year, it, it, it would be a letdown. It would be an absolute letdown. Uh, for Ole Miss and a disappointing year, if that's if ESPN is correct here and they do go seven and five, uh, that would be a letdown. It, it definitely would be a, a disappointment in year two for sure. Uh, and Mississippi State. So this is the one that made waves this week. Uh, they had Mississippi State number eight in the FPI, and it's worth noting that the FPI takes into account heavily a, a lot of factors, but one of them is production and they don't filter through quarterbacks. So they have Will Rogers returning, and they also got the transfer from Southern Miss, Jack Abraham, who has played a lot of football. And both of those guys' numbers factor into the FPI, which is probably what led, in part, what led to their high ranking. But they haven't projected it going 8-4. and four. Uh, And I say take that running. We talked about this on the radio show some, and I'm sure a lot of you listened to it. It was a pretty good hour of radio, I think. It was best hour we've done in a while. Um, but hey, Dad, my colleague asked, well, what are the four losses? If one of them is Ole Miss, it kind of sours that some. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. In year two, with replacing some bodies on defense. Now, there's some talent returning at Mississippi State, but you're replacing some some bodies, some talented bodies on the defensive side of the ball with a true sophomore quarterback, a, a sophomore wide receiver, a sophomore running back room, an offensive line that needs to get better because they were the uh, among the worst offensive lines I've ever seen last year at times. Um, if Mississippi State wins eight games, I don't care who the four losses are or by how many points they are. So looking at their schedule, the games that I think they will be the biggest underdogs in are Alabama, Texas A&M on the road. Hmm. Possibly LSU or Auburn or Ole Miss. 
So if they lose four games, that means they would still have to beat a combination of LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, or Ole Miss, plus NC State, which I think would be a great win. I mean, I don't care who the four losses are. In year two, with a complete style shift, a pro, a, a shift in everything that you know about Mississippi State football, going eight and four in year two would be a remarkable accomplishment, even if you lose the Egg Bowl. Yes, the questions would come, can Mike Leach beat his rival? I understand that. I, I certainly understand the angst that would come with losing another Egg Bowl for Mike Leach, but winning eight games, if ESPN is correct, and Mississippi State wins eight games, there is absolutely no reason to do anything other than celebrate that season, to me, in my opinion. Without, I mean, it don't... It hadn't been that long ago when eight and four was like the best season in school history. Okay. I mean, have some perspective here. Anyway, if they're right, it's a big deal. I don't care at all uh, who the four losses are. John, uh, a Southern Miss fan, um, excited about their series this week. And he said, non sequitur, if you guys get Kendall Rogers on, I'm sure we will. Ask him a few questions about the USM series this weekend. I know Ole Miss and Mississippi State is this weekend. He also says he subscribed. You can be like John, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, six days of content is work, he says. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I uh, I am everywhere. So I, uh, I'm obviously the reason why you guys know me is likely because of the three hours of radio I'm, I'm on in the afternoon. I, I do most of the planning for that. I also have to do a thrice-weekly podcast focusing on Ole Miss. I do this every morning and also a show on Sundays. I am a glutton for punishment, but uh, I keep being told that one day that's going to pay off for me, so we'll see. Uh, glad you're with me, John. Thank you for uh, for subscribing and listening, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, Southern Miss is close, close to playing their way into a regional host. If they keep this up, they're close. And it's a shame that uh, I know they put in a bid, They're trying to be one of the hosting sites. It's a shame, potentially, that they don't get as much time as they usually would uh, to show why they are a regional host. Like, this weekend, I mean, my gosh, if they can get three this weekend, then um, that changes a lot of things. I mean, they'll be ranked. They're definitely close. But they're picking the regional sites after the Western Kentucky series. So Southern Miss, after the Western Kentucky series, has one with Rice, one that you would feel really confident that they're getting three games in that four-game series. Middle Tennessee is a sweepable team. Florida Atlantic is another team that they could take multiple games from. Um, It's just a shame that they could have stockpiled a bunch of wins, but that gets cut off at the end of the month. But this weekend, I mean, this series this weekend is massive. Um, If they can find a way to get three, They're right there. They'd be ranked, and they'd be right there. So hopefully they can get it. But definitely, uh, definitely, John, we will um, we'll talk some Southern Miss today uh, as well with that massive series coming up. So 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Always glad that you're with me. We will talk baseball tomorrow. I promise we'll talk baseball tomorrow. I just I saw that FBI win-loss projection, and it popped in my head last night when I couldn't sleep. Was You know, I should talk about what happens if they're right. And uh, so hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm going to go get uh, to work on the, uh, the thing that actually pays the bills around here. And I'll talk to you guys uh, again tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good day. Talk Mississippi Media Production.